This is State House News. This podcast is a production of the Center for Community Solutions and features select content from the HANA News Capital Monitor. For a complete version of State House News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com. Thank you for joining us. This is issue four of 2015, and today is Thursday, January 29th. Speaking with reporters on Monday, House Speaker Cliff Rosenberger said the Medicaid issue has moved beyond the question of expansion and on the issue of reauthorization. While he said he is going to wait and see what Governor John Kasich proposes in his budget next Monday, February 2nd, Rosenberger said Medicaid was already expanded in the previous General Assembly by the controlling board, and now the discussion will focus on whether the state can get out of a reauthorization of the expanded program. He said he wants to add reforms to the program as part of a bigger package to lift people out of poverty and give them more mobility. It is also a question of making sure the program is stable in the future and not eating up the general revenue fund, he said. We don't want to create programs for which there is a solid line where someone can say, I can hover right underneath that, he said. We want to find ways to help people continue to move on and get in better-paying jobs and provide them with benefits necessary for them and their families. Rosenberger said he expects there will be some members of the Republican caucus who will continue to remain opposed to a Medicaid reauthorization, adding that he understands that. In a conversation that was wide-ranging, Rosenberger was also asked if eliminating the income tax would be a priority for the House as it is with the governor. Rosenberger said he believes what they have done previously regarding taxes is working and boosting the economy in the state. He also said that while they should continue to look at reducing the income tax base, he does not necessarily believe there needs to be a complete and total elimination of the income tax. House Speaker Pro Tempore Representative Ron Amstutz on Thursday, January 22nd, described for the Joint Medicaid Oversight Committee how he envisions his Healthier Buckeye initiative could be implemented, noting the word healthier in the title refers not only to physical health, but also financial well-being. The State Healthier Buckeye Council and the Healthier Buckeye Grant Program were created in the Mid-Biennium Review Bill, House Bill 483, from the 130th General Assembly, but no money has been appropriated to the grant program thus far. Additionally, Senate Bill 206 from the 130th General Assembly created county-level Healthier Buckeye Councils. Amstutz described the concept as a non-entitlement independent life plan for those who are ready. He said it will include intensive peer mentoring and will work primarily at the local community level. He said the Healthier Buckeye Council will work alongside Medicaid, involving partners such as managed care organizations, hospitals, Ohio Means Jobs offices, career centers, local enforcement offices, drug courts, educational institutions, temp agencies, Habitat for Humanity, faith-based groups, United Way, community foundations, private companies, 
guardians, local YMCA clubs, and adult basic literacy educators. It's not just a remedial concept. It will also work to keep people out of needing Medicaid in the first place, Amstutz said, noting an example could be getting a 15-year-old foster child at a career center involved with the program. In his example, the child would work part-time in a 4-H program before eventually graduating at age 20 with certification as a veterinarian assistant who is drug-free, has a soft skills brown belt, and has one year of job success. He said that person then could eventually serve as a postgraduate secondary peer mentor to another foster child, continuing the program for others. In response to a question from Senator Charletta Tavares, Amstutz said access to health care is an issue that needs to be addressed, as Medicaid reimbursements have been cut. However, he said, this program would be more comprehensive, noting that simply funding even programs that will work well, such as programs that help those addicted to opiates, doesn't always solve the problem because the addicts in recovery are still poor and remain in the same social situation after leaving treatment, often leading to relapse. He said the next steps for the state will include acting as a convener and catalyst for the program and putting together an Ohio Department of Job and Family Services, or ODJFS, working group and the Healthier Buckeye State Advisory Council. JMOC also heard from John Martin, director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, or DODD, on the agency's preparation for the upcoming budget. He laid out data collected, noting Ohio is in the top 10 in the U.S. for these per capita number of individuals served in day services, sheltered workshops, and integrated employment. He said Ohio is ranked 14th for the number of individuals in non-state intermediate care facilities, or ICFs, and home and community-based services, or HCBS, waiver recipients per capita. He also noted Ohio moved up to number 17 from number 24 from 2008 for the number of HCBS waiver recipients per capita. In addition, Martin addressed a new Federal Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services rule published in 2014, drawing a more distinct line between community services and institutional services, giving the states five years to comply. There have been concerns from some families that the new rule could limit future choices for care settings. Senator Dave Burke said he was concerned people with disabilities may work less as a result of the CMS policy. Cafaro and Antonio cited similar concerns about certain facilities being cut out, particularly in more rural areas. Martin said he could not talk about what will be requested by DODD in the budget yet, but said his agency will support the direction set by the Strategic Planning Leadership Group, or SPLG. Fifty-one years ago, the Surgeon General's report gave the initial warning about the dangers of lung cancer and other diseases linked to smoking. 
In the 13th State of Tobacco Control report released Wednesday by the American Lung Association, or ALA, Ohio has squandered opportunities to pass effective tobacco control policies, and little progress was made at the federal level in the last year, the group says. The Buckeye State received three Fs in tobacco prevention, controlling, and spending, tobacco taxes, and access to cessation services, while earning an A in the smoke-free air category. The report looks at 2014 tobacco control policies for the nation and states and assigns grades based on the protections afforded by the laws in place. Ohio's grades were lower for 2014 than 2013. While many states' grades did not improve, Ohio fell further behind and missed opportunities to increase tobacco taxes in 2014, said Shelley Kaiser, Director of Advocacy for the American Lung Association in Ohio, in a statement. Ohio's smoking rates are increasing while rates are falling across the country. Our lawmakers need to make reducing tobacco use a top priority for 2015. As a leading cause of preventable death and disease in the United States, tobacco use kills 480,000 Americans per year and costs more than $289 billion in health care expenses and lost productivity each year, according to the report. The number of Americans who live with tobacco-caused diseases has reached 16 million, the group says. Additionally, Ohio's economic cost caused by smoking in the last year was almost $9.2 billion, with the state adult smoking rate at 23.4 percent, the ALA reports. The ALA and its partners proposed three expansive goals in 2014. Reduce smoking rates, currently at about 18 percent nationally, 23.4 percent in Ohio, to less than 10 percent by 2024, protect all Americans from secondhand smoke by 2019, ultimately eliminate the death and disease caused by tobacco use. The American Lung Association is urging states and the federal government to take needed steps to achieve these goals, Kaiser said. It's no secret how to reduce tobacco use. Our leaders need to muster the political will to significantly increase tobacco taxes and invest in prevention and cessation programs. Ohio cannot afford the health or financial consequences of our rising smoking rates. And some happenings from the week of January 19, 2015. Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation Administrator-slash-CEO Steve Buer announced another proposed rate cut Thursday, a 10.8% $153 million annual savings affecting all private employers beginning in fiscal year 16. Approval by the BWC directors next month will drop average premiums by just another quarter since the Kasich administration took office in 2011, Bureau said. Ohio's unemployment rate continued to fall in December, going to 4.8% from 5% in November, as the state added 5,100 jobs over the month. 
According to Ohio Department of Job and Family Services, Ohio's non-farm wage and salary employment went from a revised $5,325,000 in November to $5,330,000 in December, ODJFS said. The number of workers unemployed in Ohio in December was 278,000, down 9,000 from 287,000 in November. In December 2013, the number of unemployed in the state was 411,000. And the Ohio Department of Taxation announced Thursday it is now accepting 2014 individual and school district income tax returns. Thank you for joining us. Please visit www.communitysolutions.com for more information and other publications.